This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to another episode of Jamming with Jason. And today I have a good friend back with me, Jerome Wade. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's like this in your life too, but you know, you have you have certain people that you meet that you just have a connection with kind of at a soul level. And Jerome is one of those people to me and uh, was thinking about him the other day and realized it's been like two years since I've talked to him. I've been a bad friend. So reached out uh, as an opportunity for us to reconnect because Jerome's doing some really, really cool stuff that I wanted to share with you um, today. So with that, let's roll the episode with Jerome. Hi, I'm Jason Mefford, and you're in the right place to start transforming your career and life with this podcast. I've been in the trenches as an executive leader, and now I'm an executive coach and confidential advisor to executives all over the world. I use a multidisciplinary approach to improve learning that drives transformation by getting to the root cause in a practical, no-nonsense way. I love learning and sharing what makes people tick. You get both education and entertainment, since learning shouldn't be boring, right? But that's enough about me. This podcast is a combination of intuitive leadership, neural influence, and mental mastery to take your career and life to levels you've never thought possible. If you're wanting to improve yourself, develop stronger relationships professionally and personally, make quicker, better decisions, and become a more effective leader, then of course, this podcast is for you because you are going to learn how to manage emotions in yourself and others, avoid burnout, stress, and anxiety, master your mind, get people to listen and take action, and become a lifelong learner. And when you do that, you will have a positive mental attitude, executive leadership presence, and the skills to know exactly what to say and do in any situation. I'm glad you're here. So let's get started. Hey, my friend. <laughs> it is so good to reconnect with you. Yeah, buddy, you um, too. I mean, you're you're just one of those people that uh, makes me happy. I love your energy. I love I love what you're doing. I love the life that you've created for yourself, and um, want to kind of talk a little bit about that today. Yeah. You know, because it's been uh, I know there's been, there's been some changes in your life the last couple of years. There's been changes in my life. Hell, there's been changes in everybody's yeah, life everybody. the last two years. Yeah. Right? Um, but, but, but let's, you know, kind of, kind of get in and, and, and talk a little bit about that because I know you've had some big life changes yeah. the last couple of years. And I think it's always helpful to, to talk a little bit about that, to, to share with people what other people are going through. Sure. Because a lot of times people think they're the only ones in the world who are dealing with this kind of stuff. And they're yeah. not, I mean, even no. as we've been talking before we hit record, it's like, man, I've been dealing with the same stuff too. Right. So, right. so, so what's been happening in the last, the, the last couple of years for you and how has that kind of changed what you're doing? It's changed where you're living, you know, yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe kind of, kind of explain some of the stuff that's been going on in your life recently. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me say it is, it's, it is great to reconnect with you. I remember vividly our last conversation in um, Newport Beach, we're sitting outside of the hotel looking in, on the marina, and uh, I cherish that time, and I am grateful for our friendship, and I'm glad we're reconnecting now. And, and I tell you, it's easy to disconnect, especially with the global turmoil, the uh, obviously the COVID realities that everybody's going to have to deal with that's going to mark a significant you know, era in our lives and in global history. We got a lot of political uh, things happening in the world that uh, definitely want to disconnect people. <laughs> but uh, I'm so grateful that we are reconnecting right now. Um, but no, two years ago, Jason, when you and I were sitting on that bench, having our little chat, 
uh, just weeks later, you know, our life took a very, um, uh, for lack of a better word, traumatic and catastrophic turn. We were dealing with the death or the potential or the imminent death of my father-in-law. Good man. We loved him. And he had lung cancer. And so we knew that it was coming, just didn't know how soon it would be. Well, that ended up being right at the first of, right after the first of the year. So that had been 20. Yeah, literally just a couple months, because I think we were October, November, something like we, that. We were, we were mid-November sitting on that beach there, or sitting on the, uh, that, uh, on the pier there. And then it was uh, mid-January that, that Don passed. At the same time, uh, my mother was slipping into severe dementia and grieving that. And we, I'd already been, you know, helping my mom and, you know, providing some care for my mom and having to deal with the emotional realities because dementia is death, uh, a thousand deaths, um, you know, because you just watch somebody who is so strong and capable, their mind and mental faculties just stop working. Jody's mom, my wife's mom had battled cancer, successfully came through that. Um, and then we had some other personal challenges that we were having to face that were just not fun. They were just ugly things that that we were having to process and deal with. And this was all pre-COVID. These yeah. these were all weeks and days <laughs> before COVID hit. And, and when I tell people this this story, they're like, oh man, COVID will erect you. I'm like, no, this was pre-COVID. And then and um, then you throw that on top of everything else. And yeah. then, yeah, and we were positioned for this to be the best year of our business in our life. And, and you and I had spent that one year together uh, in the mastermind program. And that's why we're sitting, you know, on the, uh, on the deck there, on the dock there. And so- it was going to be the best year of, of our business. And then COVID just slaps us in the face with this reality of shutting our industry down, a professional speaker, a trainer, consultant. And so it, it didn't 100% uh, shut it down, but it did about 96%. So it's pretty dang close to everything was shut down. We can call but, that 100%. <laughs> I, I think it's okay to say that. So, but it, it left me and my wife at a place of just depletion. Um, we were exacerbated because of all of the circumstances that um, had happened that took place, the difficulties, the trauma, the dramas of life. And, and by no means do I think ours was worse than anybody else's. It was just a lot of shit to have to deal with at one time. And um, so we started looking at how are we going to navigate the future, uh, especially with what we just gone, went through. And, and in some ways, part of the story was more challenge that we'd have to deal with, which would take another year for us to resolve that. And um, so we had to really start looking at some things. So what it led us to do, uh, and now this was, we're still pausing a little bit, hedging a little bit at early COVID because, you know, the first announcements were, hey, we're just going to kind of shut things down for a few weeks, yeah, right? Three, or, yeah, three, three weeks, six yeah, weeks. Yeah, this is this is going to be short-term, guys. There's nothing here. So you're thinking, all right, well, we'll ride this storm and no big deal. We'll take a little break and then we'll be hard at it. Well, then, as you know, it's, it, we're still dealing with it and still dealing with uh, some industry limitations right now. Although things are resurging, things are redeveloping, but it's still going to be a bit before we're 100%. So we, we started looking at um, what, what did we want to do and something we needed to do. And I, and in many ways, we were trying to answer the question and, and seek an answer to the question of, you know, what, how are we going to recreate our life? Um, who, who are we going to become? And then I, I think at the base of it, because when you face trauma like that, and it's heartbreaking and it's hurtful and it's overwhelming, you know, you, 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 you can, and, and, and a lot of times people lose their way or they lose themselves. And so my wife and I had just decided that we were going to um, find ourselves again in, in the middle of the trauma or in spite of the trauma, in the middle of the drama or in spite of the trauma, drama, we were going to do it in, in the middle of COVID or in spite of COVID, we were going to find ourselves. And so come three months after COVID starts, so that's March, middle of March, April, May, June, Somewhere around the end of May, we decided that we were going to sell our house in Albuquerque, which is where I had lived most of my life. I'm a native Albuquerque boy, moved away, then moved back and had businesses there. But we decided we were going to leave that place and then we were going to travel the U.S. in our RV. So that's what we did for seven months, 12,000 or yeah, let's see, 12,000 miles, 18 states mm -hmm. over seven months. We went up through up all of the Rocky Mountains because I'm, I'm just a, a mountain guy at heart, went all the way to the Canadian border 
stayed up there in Montana for, I don't know, five or six weeks, drove back through the Rockies. My daughter got married. Then we went to the East and we went through uh, beautiful places, Tennessee, Kentucky, the Carolinas, Georgia, Florida, of course, and spent the next several months, you know, just enjoying the East Coast and then Florida for a couple of months. And what was what was amazing is that question continued to kind of rattle in my brain, you know, what what are we going to do to find ourselves or recreate our life? And what what is that going to look like? And I remember uh, we were in Florida at this really nice RV park. I, I believe we were at the Chassahowitzka uh, RV park, which the Chassahowitzka is this beautiful crystal springs where the manatees come during the winter. And oh. you, you just see manatees everywhere. I mean, I've got the most amazing videos while I'm stand-up paddleboarding with manatees literally just inches below my, my, my stand-up paddleboard. And, uh, but I, I watched this uh, segment from uh, Bert Kreisner's you know, program, The Cabin. Uh -huh. And there was a statement that popped up and it was a quote by George Bernard Shaw that said, life isn't about understanding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. And my entire journey, I would say my search came to an end at that moment, but it also began, right? Because I thought, wow, how much time do we spend in trying to rhyme and reason injustices or difficulties or heartaches and heartbreaks how much time years uh how much time some some people decades and some people a lifetime they keep looking in the rear view mirror of and trying to understand it why did this happen why didn't this happen and there's just not any real positive benefit from that long term now short term i think therapy is very important and i think it's there's a lot of value to that and because and i do think in reconciling some of our life happenings, whether it's decisions we've made that weren't the best decisions or decisions others made that harmed us, there's an element of it that we do need to reconcile it. But too often, so many of us just stay in that gear of trying to understand it. And when I, when I saw this statement come across this, the screen, I was like, oh my gosh, that is everything that, or it answers everything that I was looking for, especially while we were traveling the US, just trying to find ourselves again. And so then it's now become a great passion of mine and a, a kind of a laser focused effort of mine to help people instead understand life, let's create the life that you want, uh, because that's really where the real energy comes. And that's where the real, um, I, I think, meaning comes is when we truly create the life that we dream. What does it look like? What, what, what elements are going to be in play? What um, will our lifestyle look like? And so for us, we knew part of our future that we were creating, the life that we were creating, uh, the, the persons that we were creating in ourselves, uh, part of that was going to pursue a dream I'd had 35 years earlier of living in Colorado. And so a year ago, this last week, we moved to Colorado Springs. We love it here. This is paradise. This is heaven on earth. Now, there's a lot of places in the U.S. that are amazing and beautiful, but I can tell you, especially for me, now keep in mind, I'm an adventure guy. I'm a mountain guy. Colorado is everything to me. When it snows here, I'm, it's a happy place for me. <laughs> we just got snow last night. And um, I mean, it's just beautiful. The mountains where we live, we've got this gorgeous home in the pines and a gorgeous community. And so, I mean, it, it really has been for us a, a place of, of heaven on earth. It's, it just gives us a taste of, of paradise here. But it all goes back to that creating yourself. You know, and so I, I talk to a lot of people, whether I'm coaching or I'm, you know, speaking at a conference and I'm having those casual conversations before and after the event. And, you know, this this is a key driver for people. And, and lots of people are asking the questions, you know, what how do I do that? You know, where where do I start? Where does this begin? Where will it take me? Well, the exciting things is we don't know where it's going to take us, but it's really again, life is really not about, you know, the destination. Life is about the journey. And when you are creating yourself, it's really not about those destination moments. It's really about the journey itself and, and who we are becoming. And so that's been a lot of fun and very rewarding for me to, to pursue that. Well, it is. And I, I think it's, you know, again, we, we've both lived <clears throat> and had enough life experience, right? And you live long enough, these kind of things happen different times right and and sometimes they're compressed you know like you said you guys got hit i mean like seriously hit mm -hmm. within just a couple of months of some major major life things that happened right yeah. 
And we all, we all have major life things that happen at different times, right? Death of a loved one is one that happens quite a bit, right? It's an opportunity for us to kind of stop and take stock of what's been going on in life. And is this really the life I want? And like you said, I think there's a lot of people that are asking those questions, mm -hmm. especially now. Is this the life I want? You know, whether it's yeah. who they're working for, what they're doing, people are starting to ask, ask questions more. And like you said, you know, I love that quote, life is not about understanding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Mm -hmm. So much of the time you could have sat there and said, why me? Why me? Why me? Poor me. Oh, yeah. oh, 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 right. Yeah. And you're like, no, we're going to sell the house. We're going to get in an RV and we're going to drive around the country, right? We don't know yet what's going to happen, mm -hmm. but let's do something different. Yeah. And, and I see that a lot of times with people. They know they want something different, but they don't know what it is, mm -hmm. right? So how did you, you know, as you guys were going through that, going through that journey, you know, of how did you kind of come back to what it was that you wanted to create for yourself? Because I think sometimes that's people, people know what they don't want. Yeah. But it's hard for a lot of people to articulate what they actually do want. Do want. Yeah. And it seems like that's the first thing you have to do to, to kind of recreate yourself. You have to know what you want to create. Right? Yeah. Well, it really does come down to a simple question. Now, even though it's a simple question, it is very complex in answering. But I, I really think the first step is to start entertaining the simplicity of that question. What is it that I want? But here's where I see challenges for people. Um, I, you know, I've coached a number of different people, whether it's on a team or the team um, or an entire organization. And, and I bring this question up all the time. You And, and it's it's a, it's, it's a fundamental question of success, right? What do you want? Because if you don't want, know what you want, you have nothing to measure. You have no uh, specific aiming point to direct all of your energy in or your resources towards. So whether it's business, life, you know, a personal or professional, this principle applies, you know, in every kind of in every way, but you have to know what you want, but not generally what you want. So if I ask somebody, hey, what? tell me what you want. I guarantee you, Jason, if you and I were staying in front of an audience mm -hmm. today and we said, hey, guys, gals, what do you want? Somebody would say, I want to have fun. Oh, that is so good. Anybody else want to have fun? I want to be happy. I, I want to make happy. more money. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to give us these great answers, but they're generic or general answers. Well, the problem with general statements and general um, uh, uh, answers is that you are going to get general results and not specific results. So when you are creating yourself or creating your best life, you need to know exactly, precisely, specifically, what is that best life going to look like? I knew for me, my wife and I, we knew it was going to be somewhere in a mountain community. We, we knew that specifically, it would be somewhere in a mountain community. We narrowed that down to specifically Colorado Springs, and then we narrowed that down. And this is what was amazing. This is the power of specificity. We had looked at several houses. Now, we were buying a home here about a year ago. And this was the housing frenzy of COVID. Prices were escalating mm -hmm. ridiculously, especially here in Colorado, much like California, ridiculous home values. And so we, uh, we made an offer on one home. And it was pretty much what we wanted. It wasn't exactly, it was pretty much what we wanted. So we're like, ah, we probably won't find a better house than this. This one's cool, right? Beautiful view of the mountains. We had some other things that were positive about it. Well, unfortunately, they, we lost the deal. I mean, we offered 70 grand over the asking price and we still lost the deal, mm -hmm. but we were grateful. Then we, we found another house in, in, in the area that we were looking at and uh, we made an offer and we lost that one. By, uh, and I think we offered 30 or 40,000 over asking on that one. And we were second in line again. But after that second offer, we said, wait a minute, what do we really want in a home? And we had, we had, we had talked about it, but we didn't really get specific about it. And so we said, hey, this is exactly what we want. We want a ranch style home that's in the mountains that has some characters, some specific characteristics. I won't bore you with all of the details, but we want all of the main living areas to be on one floor. We wanted a basement that has walkout abilities. We wanted this, we wanted that. And I can tell you, honest to God, truth, Jason, the instant we got that specific, uh, the realtor says, hey, I found a house I want you guys to look at. 
the very next day, I'm, I'm telling you, this all happened in a couple of days. The very next day we come and we see this house that I'm in right now. This is my studio in our home. We come and see this house. The moment we drive up, we're like, we knew this was it. We walk in the door. This is it. We see the master bedroom. This is it. We see the living room. This is it. We see the basement. This is it. We see the outside. This is it. We see the deck, you know, overlooking the pines. This is it. I mean, three car garage. It had everything that we were looking for because we got specific. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the first characteristic you, you have to understand when you're answering the question, what do you want? Be specific The second challenge, though, that I see with people is, first of all, they're not specific enough. They're not precise enough. They're not exact enough. But the second challenge I see is that people don't give themselves permission to to think or to believe big enough. For whatever reason, maybe childhood influences, maybe life like, for example, what we went through two years ago, that can tame the, the, the wildest beast, what we went through. That's how you break a horse is what we went through. And so when you go through trauma and drama and heartache and heartbreak and disappointment and disruption, it's easy for your thinking to become very small. It's it's easy for you to paint yourself into a box in a very small one and to not color outside of the lines. So giving yourself permission to to let the fantasy play out, whatever that fantasy is. I mean, if, if your fantasy is to live on the back of a sailboat and sail the world, Give yourself permission to at least dream it, to to, uh, envision what could be. I remember a doctor I was working with and I was coaching him and we sat down and we're chatting. He was was a guy in his mid thirties making decent money. And I asked him, I said, Rafe, I said, you know, what what do you want? And I I think it's a simple question. It's very hard to answer. And he looked at me, said, Jerome, he said, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. No one's ever asked me that question. He said, I'm a doctor because my granddad was a doctor. I'm a doctor because my dad was a doctor. There was the expectation that he was going to be the doctor. He, everybody else told him what he wanted. And so now he's got a wife <laughs> and he's got beautiful kids. And there's certain elements to his life that are amazing. But he said, I don't know what I want. So it took him about the next five or six weeks to start getting to that place of specifically courageously answering the question what he wanted, which was really creating his best self. What was his best life going to look like? So when we can overcome those obstacles of, of, you know, not being specific and then the obstacle of not allowing ourselves to, you know, uh, create or to dream of fantastical opportunities, that's whenever we start enlarging the possibilities of our life. You know, we have to break down those mental barriers, those, 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 uh, the, the low ceilings that are self-imposed. And so, but the only way you can break those self-imposed ceilings is by doing some self-work, right? That's, that's when you have to embrace some inner life um, opportunities to develop. Well, and I think it's funny because as you were talking there, it seems like there's kind of another thing that goes along with it that, that kind of relates a little bit to courage too, which is, you know, I've heard, I've heard you say a couple of times because, because a lot of times when people you know, you're, you're right. We talk in generalities and unless we get to the specifics, right. It never really happens, mm-hmm. but I hear so many people too. They're like, but I just don't know what I want. I just don't know what I want. Right. And it's, it's like your friend who was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, he was told what was expected of him. Mm-hmm. And so we, we tend to just kind of go along with it. Right. And it, <laughs> the scene from Monty Python and the Holy Grail <laughs> where where there's the 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 prince who would who just wants to sing you know and the father's like no 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 silliness right but father I just want to sing you know that that I heard you say a couple times you know 35 years ago your dream was what yeah to live right here in Colorado Springs, live in Colorado Springs. And mm-hmm. yet what do we do most of our life is we put those dreams on hold mm-hmm. doing what we feel like we're expected to do, right? You move back to Albuquerque for a reason. There might've mm-hmm. been some family obligations, other things mm-hmm. like that, that you felt like you had to, to do. And so, you know, through, through life, most of us, we get off course but it's it's seeming like as I'm thinking more about this and even what you're sharing, 
a lot of times those dreams we had when we were teenagers or little kids is actually what we really want. Yeah. But we grow up and we become an adult and we think, oh, well, I can't, I can't do that because I was told I need to be a lawyer. I need to be a doctor. I need yeah. to be a whatever. I've got to be a responsible adult Yeah. instead of actually going after what really is in your heart. Yeah. Well, and that's so the point you make right there, when you are trying to answer the question, what do you want? What is your heart really telling you? Because there is a dream in there. There is a song in there. There is a poem in there. There is there is life inside your heart that is trying to birth its truest desire. And so, but people overcomplicate it. It's really not that easy or that simple, is it? Well, actually, it's that simple. It's just not that easy because honestly, for us to sell our home in Albuquerque, there was a lot of things that we, we had business there. We had real estate there. We had things that we had to take care of. So uh, it, it was simple, but yet it was complicated, right? There were some complexities to it, but our heart song was leading us. And we, we chose to listen to the heart song in, instead of to the logic or to the reason songs, right? Because the logic and reason is always barking at us, telling us why we can't or why we shouldn't or why it won't, mm -hmm. right? And so logic and reason, I mean, they're there, they're there, they have a purpose, but they can't be the dictate. The heart needs to be what you listen to. And I would rather be misled by my heart than to live in fear of what dream may or may not happen. And even if my heart causes me to misstep or causes me to make a mistake, um, causes some sense of failure or an experience that was less than desirable, I would be very happy knowing that I took courageous steps instead of being cowardly driven by logic and reason. Well, that's one of the reasons why I love you and your, your example, you know, as well, because most people are just happy to stay stuck in their fear and in their logic and reason and never listen to their heart. I mean, I'm that way. A lot of hell that professionally, that was what I was taught to do, right? Be sure. logical, be reasonable, manage risk, you know, do uh -huh. all this stuff. You know, we don't need emotion, right? Emotions, you know, that, that doesn't have any place in business or in what you're doing. But you're right, it's it's having the courage to go back and whatever that heart song is of actually being true to it and letting it letting it come out and being open to different possibilities of where it might go. Because mm -hmm. um, so many people get off track and they never get back on. Right. Right. And right. then at the end of their life, it's a bunch of shoulda, woulda, couldas yeah. at that point. And, yep. and a lot of regret as well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Well, and cause, cause I know, you know, you guys were like us now we're empty nesters. So it's, it's kind of like you can do whatever, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you know, at, at that point in, and yet you kind of come back to, um, you know, that dream that you had from 35, five years ago, you got specific. I mean, you gave us some great examples of that, especially like in the house um, and how you got more and more specific as to where you wanted to go and the permission to actually, um, you know, kind of look at some of that possibility. But, you know, I know it, it scares people a lot of times when, when you have a blank canvas or you have an opportunity to do something that you've never done before. And we're not really sure, right? A lot of people don't have that courage that you have. How do you, how do you, you know, when you're helping people try to have that courage or do this stuff? Cause I know, I mean, you're an adventurous guy in your life yeah. in general, you know, with, with all of the physical things you do. Yeah. But how do you help people that are, they're maybe a little scared, they're afraid, they, they don't feel like they have the courage to sing that heart song? Mm -hmm. how, how, how can we? Can well, we I, I, that? The, the, I think a key here is, is, is you've got to find sources of energy that motivate you or reasons that motivate you. So let's imagine that uh, you're in a situation and you're not happy and you haven't been happy for a while. 
and you have worked a career that might have provided very well for you and your family. You've, you might've had some level of meaning that you drew from it. Things may not be bad, but they're just not what you know they could be or what your heart is telling you you need to pursue. So what I try to do, and like when, I, when I'm walking through people, again, whether it's one-on-one or one-on-some in a team setting, I, I, I'm just, imagine a year from now, Tell me what it's going to be like if nothing changes. One year from now, and we're meeting on February 17th, 2023. And let's just assume, Jason, you're on the other side of this conversation and you're miserable. You're not happy. You know, there's more. The results aren't what you want, whether it's business or life, whether it's personal or professional. Imagine one year from now, what is it going to be like? What are you going to be feeling one year from now? And the person's going to respond, oh, I can't, that'd be miserable, Jerome. I, I, I'm going to stick a pencil in my eye if, <laughs> I'm this, if we're at the same place. If nothing changes, you know, I mean, there's an overwhelming sense to that, man. If, if it's a, and, and then they, they say, yeah, well, can you survive it? Well, yeah, I probably could. Well, let's, what if, what if five years goes by and nothing changes? And then they're like, well, I, I, that's, that's not even an option. Well, it's only not an option if you take action in the direction of your dreams. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if you're not taking action in the direction of your desires, taking action in the direction of your dreams, then then it will be the same one year from now, two years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now, decades from now, or when you're on your deathbed, you look back and you say, why didn't I take that step in my 20s or my 30s or my 40s or my 50s? Why didn't I take it? So you have to find the energy of motivation that says, listen, I cannot accept that my life will be the same one year from now. So you have to take ownership of the future that you want to create. So the George Bernard Shaw statement, life's not about understanding yourself. Life is about creating yourself. Well, if you're going to create yourself, uh, I'm assuming you're going to create a better version of yourself, right? (laughs) You would hope, no, right? <laughs> no need to, no need, no need to create anything if it's going to be same, same. There's no risks in same, same. The only thing you're risking is a lame life. So you have to take some bold steps in the direction of your dreams. You have to take action. So here's here's a statement that I I, I tell people when I'm coaching. I'm say, listen, action takers are dream makers. If you're not taking action, your dream isn't being made right? Your dream is not growing or coming into fruition. It's not manifesting because you're not taking action. And so you have to find the motivation that says, all right, it can't be the same. So let's say that you're a couple and you've been married for 20 years, three years. My wife and I have been married 30 years now and you're, you're great friends, but you, you want to be lovers. Something's going to have to change, right? Some risk. Yeah, well, and, and that's a very common thing. I mean, it is you know, very again, common. when we get into midlife is that, mm-hmm. Every, everybody ends up kind of doing their own thing. You know, the husband and wife have their different duties. You're taking mm-hmm. care of, you're raising the kids, your friends, you're living together. But we, we tend to kind of lose that spark just yeah. because we're just so busy and we're usually exhausted. I mean, this mm-hmm. happens for sure. almost everybody. It, right? it and, does. Then, and, the, and then you get to the empty nester and it's like, I mean, one of the biggest times when people get divorced is when the kids leave the house because they look yeah. at each other and they're like, who the hell are you, right? That's it, right. So so that's that's what I'm saying is that you've got to find the energy that motivates you to take action in the direction of your dreams and your desires. So if you, if you aren't happy where things are, and it may not be a miserable state, some of you, it might be a miserable state, personally or professionally. So either way, you have to decide what it is that you want and then also be fueled by the reality of I can't live another day staying the same. And the only way that I can change things is by making some different decisions, different actions with my life. So it's just finding the motivation that that gives you the courage to to move in that direction. And then the other thing is to accept the fact that not everything is going to work out exactly like we want to. Even your, your greatest, clearest, uh, most radical, wildest fantasy, um, it's going to move in that direction. It's going to form in the state that you're creating mentally, but there's still going to be some setbacks along the way. That's just normal. It, those setbacks don't define us, they refine us. So the fact that the dream didn't become exactly what I wanted it to become, my life is better 
my life is going and growing in the direction that it needs to. And I am finding more meaning and new energy sources that continue to motivate me to take risky steps or to take bold steps. Well, because even that example you gave with the houses was the same way, right? I mean, you guys were, you were moving, you were taking action. It's like, ah, we missed out on the first one. So you take another action. Ah, we missed out on the second one, right? Yeah. But it was the third one, right? Those, those, those were refinements along the way, helped you to get more specific. Mm-hmm. And then third time's the charm. That's it. There, there's your dream house, right? Yeah. And you know it, you know it when you see it. You know, yep. that's our bedroom. <laughs> that's the pad. Yep, 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 yep. Right. Yeah. At, at that point. But you have to take some action because, like you said, just sitting around dreaming, hoping, wishing, praying ain't going to get you the house. You got to go look at them. You got to put it in an offer. You got to see whether it's accepted or not. You've got to take some action in order for those dreams to come about. Well, and, and so here's here's something to also entertain in in your wanderings, your mental wanderings. When you're making a decision, ask yourself this, is this a decision my lesser self is making or a decision my greater self is making, right? If it's a decision my uh, lesser self is making, he could go take a flying leap because my lesser self is going to recreate a lesser life. I don't want a smaller life. I want my life to be big. I, I want my experiences to be exciting. I want adrenaline. I want blood pumping. I mean, I want life to reverberate. So my lesser self is going to keep that from happening. But my greater self, when I let my greater self inform decisions, uh, all of a sudden now I'm, I'm bolder. I'm taking bigger steps. I'm finding it easier, not easy, but easier to take more risks so that I can create the life that I want. So Ask yourself when you're making those, when you're answering the question, what do I want? And you're getting specific or you're staying general, the lesser self is going to say general because there's no real accountability, general statements, but there is a lot of accountability to specific statements. Your greater self isn't afraid of the, the accountability of specificity. So is the greater self influencing you or is your lesser self influencing you? Well, and I think that's interesting because, I mean, you and I have talked about that concept before and we won't probably go, well, we can't even too, right? <laughs> um, you know, kind of go there as far as, you know, your, your lesser self is effectively kind of to where you're at right now, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's the same all, same all, but, you know, many of us have kind of a vision, if you will, a dream of what we want to become, what we intend to become and it's different than where we currently are right and like you said that's that's going to kind of force us to do some things that we're currently not doing because if we were doing them we'd already have what it was that we wanted right mm-hmm. and and you know i think that the kind of from when you were talking earlier about the motivation the clearer we can get mm-hmm on who our greater self is, the more specificity we can place on what that greater self looks like, yep. what he or she does, who they are being, the easier it is for us to make decisions from that point. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and again, it's, it's, it's the future pacing, if you will, of like you said, you know, hey, if you wanna be a millionaire, make decisions like a millionaire would make 100 that's gonna that's gonna help you become a millionaire not making decisions of shit do we pay the electric bill this month or the gas bill this month Mm -hmm. right you 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 take your action from that future greater self and acting as if you already are Mm -hmm. that way that's it 100 and it's not a fake it till you make it thing it's not a uh, you know, opposing, you know, you're, you're a poser, I'm a poser. you know, this, this, but it, it is what you're doing is creating the energy you need. And you're drawing that energy from the future self, mm-hmm. right? Cause your greater self is not so much your present self. It's the future self, right? So if you're creating it, so you're in process, you're in progress. So I, I am taking the energy and motivation of my greater self and who I see I should be and who I want to become. Now I love myself, who I am today, 
but I'm also reaching to improve and to align with my greater self because my greater self is holding my greater life. And well, so, it, yeah. And I want to get into that a little bit more because I think, I think too, when, when you were talking about, you know, getting that energy that motivates you, yeah. I think, I think just, just to be clear with people, let's, let's go a little deeper on that because okay. I think, you know, a lot of times, I mean, you and I are speakers and, and there's the term motivational speaker, right? Which, which the idea is, you know, person pumps you up, they get you all excited. And then usually most people go and do not a damn thing. They right? do nothing. They, they take do no nothing. Action. They take no action. They got really <laughs> excited while they were listening to this person talk. And then they don't do a goddamn thing. Right. Yeah. So, so that's where, you know, again, there's a lot of people that say, well, motivation speakers, you don't really need a motivation speaker. That is an external motivation, right? So like your friend became a doctor, why? Because of the external motivation yeah. of grandfather was a doctor, father was a doctor. He was being motivated externally to be, become a doctor, right? Yeah. This, this greater self, higher self that we're talking about, that motivation isn't from the outside. No, that's that all intrinsic. motivation is from the inside, right? So let's, let's talk about kind of that, because yeah. I think, again, a lot of times when people hear motivation, they're thinking that they need somebody else to motivate them to get excited and then they'll go do something. But that's yeah. not how it works, is it? Well, no, I, I, I think it's important to have external motivators, right? Like, like chatting with you, Jason, that there's some motivational energy for me that comes from this. Yeah. I get to hear your story. I, hear, I get to hear some of your triumphs and some of your tragedies, and I'm, I'm inspired by the whole story. So I think it's important to have externally fueled opportunities, right? That's energy that we receive from other people. But the true source of motivation must come intrinsically. It's self-motivation. Right. I have to be the one that motivates myself. And so for me, and I use the word energy, and I don't mean to use the word energy in some metaphysical sense. Um, it's really, I, I, I look at everything as some source of energy, right? It, what we do, who we talk to, we have good sources of energy, have bad sources of energy. So what self-motivation is finding that energy from the dream, the vision, the future that you are creating in your heart, and your mind, the song that your heart is singing, and allowing that energy to motivate you. So, but I have to be the one that acts on that. So if, if that energy is available to me, I have to receive that. And I have to use that and leverage that to keep myself moving in the direction of my dreams. And when, when, when the self-motivation is gone, intrinsic motivation isn't gonna do much. It might be a Kickstarter, it might be a reminder, but you always have to come back to the person who is taking proactive steps you know, in the direction of their dreams. Well, it's almost like, because what I, <clears throat> you know, especially with the energy kind of an idea, right? Is that, like you said, people give off energy. You give off energy. I can feel it too, right? You know, and, and you motivate me, you inspire me as well. And so, you know, one thing that I try to think about or do for myself is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting that. I'm, I'm bringing that in, right? It's getting me excited and it's almost like it's coming into me internally, but now I got to take that and I got to like compress that and do like a little nuclear fusion kind of on that, on the inside so that I feel like that that energy is just bursting back out of me, Yeah, right? That that's, that that's where, when you see that greater self, when you see what you are capable of doing, and you're thinking about it from that way and you know the the life that you will have the benefit that you will provide the service you will give to other people that's some of this internal motivation that gets your butt out of bed gets you making those decisions from a higher self perspective and just get shit done right i mean i i, I know you love serving people <clears throat> and i would guess again your higher self that's a big deal. And you want yeah. to make an impact on this world, not just in your own life, but in the life of other people. Cause I know we've talked about it, you mm -hmm. know, before about, you know, even some of the numbers of people that you want to be able to help influence and help in this world. Isn't that too, where part of this internal motivation comes from is remembering and realizing and fueling that 
of the kind of impact that 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 future self yeah. will have on the world. So for me, I have found three sources of energy that fuel my decisions. All right. And I'm, I'll put it in this. These are you could call them values that I live my life by. My first value is adventure. I love adventure. I, I told you just in our preliminary comments uh, that I have recently become a glider pilot. So yeah. plane, gliders are planes without engines. And I'm, I am falling in love with this place, right? It's, it's an amazing sport. I love adventure. I've trekked to base camp Everest. I've kayaked the entirety of the Grand Canyon. I've recently, I, I, I trekked from South Rim to North Rim of the Grand Canyon. Hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, I like adventure. I like traveling the world. Partly why I also like the industry I'm in as a speaker. I've got events internationally booked yeah. already for this year and domestically, of course. So adventure, but but when I am experiencing adventure, it gives me energy. And so I keep making decisions that, uh, and I'm drawing from that energy of adventure so that I make decisions that create that life of adventure. Now, the second value that uh, creates energy for me is meaning. And that's exactly what you're talking about, contribution. Mm-hmm. I get a lot of meaning from having conversations like you and I are having and, and knowing that there'll be some people that listen to this podcast that get benefit from it. That's a lot of, of energy that I can draw from and remind me or helps me continue to make the right decisions in the direction of my dreams. And then the third one, third energy that I draw from is wellness. I, for me, and, and could be also a stage of life, we have to be much more intentional about our, our health care, our mental care, our emotional care, our heart care our body care, but wellness is a big energy source for me. So whenever I am giving attention to adventure and giving attention to meaningful work or meaningful contribution, and I'm giving attention to wellness, I have abundant energy, Mm -hmm. right? And it's, it's that I I don't want to lose this, right? I I don't want to, I don't want to do anything that's going to distance me from that energy that I get because it's so rich and so satisfying. So that's where that self-motivation comes. That's where the energy comes from. The, the, um, the inspiration comes from. It's like, oh, I've experienced this. I don't want to lose it. I, I want more of this. This is so rich. It's so satisfying. It's so rewarding. And so that way it continues to help me to make some of the harder decisions that I may not want to make. Well, yeah, because kind of balancing back to these values, because again, that's one thing, and I know you help people with that too, right, is as you're creating your new life, what is what are some of the values that you want to have, right? I mean, for you to live in the mountains there in, in Colorado Springs, part of that goes back to your value of adventure, right? <laughs> allowing, allowing you those, those different things there that you that you're able to do, you know, the contribution in, in what you're doing, you know, showing up here, talking to me, talking to lots of people that are listening to this as a speaker, as a coach, mm-hmm. you know, the, all of those decisions that you're making as well. And, and interesting too. I mean, the wellness actually, from your standpoint, the adventure and the wellness kind of come together too, right? Yep. I mean, it's I like, you, 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 you know, <laughs> not a surprise, right? You know, yeah. you, well, you, I, I'm a trail runner. I'm a mountain biker, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there's things that there is some hand and glove thing, but that's all part of the life we're trying to create, right? It comes back to George Bernard Shaw, Life is about creating yourself. And the, this is the me that I'm trying to create. Yeah. Well, and it's great. And, and, and I appreciate you, my friend, for coming on here because, you know, again, this is this is one of those where I, I think especially people that have, you know, we've had a little bit more refinement. Would you, <laughs> how you said that, right? That, that a lot of times the setbacks are the refinements, right? Yeah. Um, we get polished over over time by having some of the pressure and other things, life experiences that we have to go through, you know, but again, to me, you're a great example of of pushing forward, creating the life that you want. And, you know, again, even though, you know, when we were sitting in Newport two years ago, what you've created the last two years is a little bit different than what we were talking about then. Yeah. Because things changed, but you know, you're still able to kind of rein, reinvent your life mm-hmm. based on, you know, adventure, meaning wellness and, and creating the life that you and your wife want to have, yeah. you know, um, which is, which is great while still serving other people around. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so again, hopefully, you know, like we said before, a lot of people are asking questions now and they just got a lot of answers 
Yeah. <laughs> Let's hope. No, Let they hope. they got a lot of answers. If they were listening, <laughs> they got a lot of answers. If they weren't listening, go back and listen to it again because you're going to find something else. But uh, man, I, I I appreciate you, and it's too, um, it's uh, nice to reconnect because I. I needed to hear some of the things that you were preaching today too, my friend. <laughs> we both <laughs> you know, did. We both well, did. Well, yeah, it's it's every time I open my mouth, I realize that I whatever I'm saying, hopefully it helps somebody else, but it's usually exactly the thing I I need to be hearing myself. So yeah, yeah, very true. Very true. Well, I appreciate you, my friend. Let's uh let's uh, not let COVID be an excuse to keep us distanced any any longer. I don't think it will. We've reconnected again. And yeah, uh, yeah. I just got to get my, my butt in a little bit better shape so I can keep up with your trek and then doing some of that stuff too. So awesome. One of the things I'm working on. So there it is. Good. Good. good, good. All right. Well, Jerome, thank you. Um, I really appreciate you. And like I said, you know, all, all the best to you as you keep creating the life um, that you want. And again, hopefully everybody that's listening, you know, Go create the life you want. Quit, quit, quit asking why. Quit trying to understand everything. Just go live your fucking life and create the life that you actually want. Because at the end of the day, you know, we all end up in the ground. And the fewer regrets that we can have, the better. So listening to what Jerome just told you today is going to leave you with a lot fewer regrets at the end yeah. of your life. So Yeah, awesome. Thanks, buddy. Take care. Thank, thank you. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Jamming with Jason. Keep on rocking in the audit world. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. Connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you enjoyed the most about the podcast. And you may even be featured on a future episode. When you're ready to turbocharge your leadership development, Join the Briefing Leadership Program, where you get access to everything in one place and can interact directly with me in the group. If you'd like to earn continuing professional education for listening to today's episode, head on over to C-Risk Academy's video on-demand learning platform at ondemand.criskacademy.com. Not only do you get a CPE certificate, but you will also have access to hundreds of video on-demand learning opportunities. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are that of the individuals and not of their respective organizations.